I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everybody, to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and today it's Tuesday's episode, which means we're joined by my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, thanks for coming back on the show. As always, this is going to be a fun one. Um, but the Steelers, we I talked about it yesterday, handed out my game balls to different players. Uh, but the Steelers get another win. They're 4-0. And something that you've been writing about is just, you know, it doesn't, you know, a lot of people are talking about, hey, they're beating these bad teams. But the problem is in the NFL with that, with that theory that there's no real bad teams in the NFL that you can be ashamed of beating. If you beat someone, you're getting, you're adding another win to your record. Yeah, these are the same people that complain when the Steelers happen to lose a game. Uh, you know, to, uh, they lose game every year to somebody they, sh- they should, you know, should beat. They think they should beat everybody and they think they should beat everybody, you know, 80 gajillion to nothing. Uh, it doesn't happen that way. This is the NFL. Uh, you know, a win is a win. You take your win and you move on. Right. And I think that that's the big thing to look at here. And despite the, the Eagles, you know, being one, two and one into, going into this game, one, three and one now, I mean, Carson Wentz came out in this game and really challenged them with some very good throws. Some of the throws that led to, you know, that explain more about why you were so big on him in your Friday insider column and why people have been big on Carson Wentz since he stepped into the league. Yeah, I mean, he's a top, you know, six or seven quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he was the second overall pick in the draft. He's a high-level quarterback, and you saw him get hot in this game uh, and, and hit some throws down the field. Um, you know, it, it's going to happen from time to time. I mean, they've, they've played in the last two games, uh, Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Uh, those are two of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, they're going to hit some passes on you from time to time. But did you win the football game? Yes. And if you look at it, they don't have a lot of top 10 quarterbacks uh, on their schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's Lamar Jackson a couple times. Those two guys. Josh Allen. Um, and Josh, you know, that's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's just not, uh, you know, not a daunting schedule when it comes to facing high-level quarterbacks. And quite frankly, um, you know, after watching, you know, we saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes on Sunday where he barely completed 50% of his passes. Um, you know, who's playing better quarterback right now in the AFC than Ben Roethlisberger? It's a very good question, and that's where I was going Josh Allen, you could say for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's a great question because that's where I was wanted to go to next was evaluating the way Ben's playing football this year. Ten touchdowns, one interception through four games. It's a pace of 40 touchdowns and four interceptions. Now, you know, of course, pacing very early in the season doesn't mean a whole lot. But the bottom line is that Josh is that Ben Roethlisberger, he's, he's being efficient with the football. He's not putting up a whole lot of yards, but he's taking advantage of what he's seeing in the field. 
and he is attacking teams schematically rather than forcing the ball to a specific player and trying to get a big play out of this guy at a given situation. Yeah, and he can do that because this wide receiver group, um, you know, I, I think is kind of egoless. You know, I, we do see them, you know, on social media and stuff like that. And obviously everybody has something of an ego. They all want the football. They're wide receivers. They're human beings. Uh, but, you know, it's more important, I think, at this point for them to win. And I think these, a lot of these guys learned that last year when they weren't having success. You know, when you come in and, and, and you see the way things go and how the job is not a lot of fun when you're, when you're struggling or not winning, uh, when you're, you're going out and maybe not putting up the kind of stats you wanted, but you're winning football games, um, you're a little more content with that. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that you want to, you want to be content. The Steelers are content with, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger. We talked about this all off season, not, ch- not needing to chuck the ball for thousands of thousands, you know, 5,000 yards again. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a guy who's going to take advantage of what's there. Who's going to put touchdowns on the board. Who's going to have more efficient uh, possessions. He's going to get gonna- them into, into good plays. And we saw that again in this game on Sunday, where he, you know, exploited some matchups that he saw on the field. Those are things that, you know, people want to get on Randy Feichter. Well, you know, Ben's just run, running the offense. You know, you call a play, um, you know, from up top or on the field that you think is going to work, and sometimes the defense has, uh, you know, has the right defense call. The, the opposing guys get paid too, but Roethlisberger's able to adjust and get them into good plays and take advantage of those matchups that he sees available to him. And that's the thing that they were missing last year uh, that they've gotten this year from Ben Roethlisberger. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, uh, you know they're, they're putting themselves in situations where when the defense doesn't excel in a game, they can still win them. And we've seen that with, these, with, with some of these early games. Well, you know, um, and, and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger saying, okay, I mean, and the last touchdown to Claypool was a perfect example. You know, he looked off the safety by, by putting, put, you know, looking at Juju, and then that came, the guy came off Claypool, and Claypool just had to beat a linebacker, and he, he, ripped, he ripped the defense to shreds. Uh, that's the stuff that Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph couldn't do. They're just, they're, they're, they're just not at that level uh, with, with their play. And when you have a franchise quarterback who knows the offense, and the offense is tailored to him as Randy Feetner's offense is, um, it, it gives you those kind of strengths. Um, and then also the new wrinkles that we're seeing into the offense, the, the first touchdown pass to Claypool where, you know, he lined up behind Connor and Edmonds and, and uh, uh, McVance McDonald. Basically a diamond bunch. Yes, exactly. That's right. And when, he, when you throw that, you know, they're, they're forcing teams to have to consider many different things, including the jet sweep to Claypool and the jet sweep to McLeod. Um, both, you know, one went for a touchdown, the one went for like 60 yards. Um, I, I saw a lot of uh, people saying, well, that's Matt Canada. That's not Randy Feekner. But I'm like, even if Matt Canada helped drop the plate, Randy Feekner's still calling this stuff. Right. And that's the thing. You know, it doesn't matter who drew up what play, who right. came up with whatever. They've always used jet sweep motion. Um, they've always done those kind of things. Um, you know, and they didn't always have – what they didn't have was some of the players capable of doing this. Um, this is putting them in the right position, getting the right guys on the field and making it happen. And, uh, you know, nobody ever – nobody ever in Pittsburgh, they, the, the fans never – it is what it is. Well, you know, they're, they've faced all these teams with losing records and they're undefeated so far. Um, and now they get ready to face the Browns, uh, which we'll talk about um, later in the week as we get ready. We're going to cut to our first break. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. on the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Join my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, we got to talk about this secondary because Carson Wentz, though he didn't throw for a lot of yards, did throw two touchdowns. And uh, Travis Fulgham had a, had a big day, though he had a good day against the Niners as well. Uh, but this was supposed to be a, a resource for the Steelers this year in the secondary. They were supposed to be a group that was locking it down and you know not seeing as many big plays given up um and uh the Steelers offense really had to put the Eagles away and it wasn't the defense uh until the until the end when Nelson got that last pick that was able to finish it looking at the hole I I'm not as you know terrified of or, or, or concerned about the secondary right now as some are but there are some concerns where I, I think that they could definitely tighten up you, you think yeah, I mean, if they, there, there's some contrasting numbers when you look at this secondary right now. Um, you know, the, the defense as a whole, uh, 20 sacks, outstanding. That puts yeah. them on pace for 80. Uh, seven forced <laughs> turnovers. That puts them on, that, you know, that puts them on, on par to have 28 turnovers. Mm-hmm. Again, we knew there'd be a slight regression from last year. They weren't going to get 36 again, but 28's a good number. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you look at, uh, the completion percentage is 59.4%. That's outstanding. That's one of the best in the league. Uh, the quarterback passer rating against them, 83.7. Uh, again, a, a really solid number. Um, you know, if, if you had a quarterback who had an 83.7 passer rating against you, or if your starting quarterback in today's NFL had an 83.7 passer rating, first of all, he'd be Mitch Trubisky, and secondly, he'd be on the bench. That was Mitch <laughs> Trubisky's passer rating. So I, I think, you know, people need to look around at what's happening in the NFL right now. Um, yes, the Steelers are giving up 12.9 yards a catch, which is too much. That's the worst in the league. Uh, but they're extenuating circumstances with all of this in that, you know, the NFL, for whatever reason, has decided that it's not going to call holding penalties. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Um, the Steelers have still had, in four games now, one holding penalty called on their opponents. That's insane. They're the the most blitzing team. They're the best pass rushing team in the league. And yet opponents have held them just one time. Come on. Uh, You know, uh, not only is that the case, uh, defensive pass interference penalties, including as we saw in this game on Sunday on both sides of it, insane before in the NFL scoring is up. The league is on a record pace right now for points. That's what the league wants. 
and that's what it's getting, and it's making it very difficult to have a shutdown defense. There's no such thing in the league right now. No, I agree. I mean, it's, it's just that time is, is over, and especially this year. I mean, we've talked about how it, it's been – we've talked about for years about how the NFL is moving in that direction. But this year especially – It's gone over the top. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and, and you look at, a, at an Eagles offensive line, and, and I've, now I've had time to go over the game a little bit more. Um, the All-22's been out for a couple hours. But, you know, when, when you look at some of these line views, I mean, there's a play where T.J. Watt tries to do a, a rip inside and, and use a spin, and the guy just – got, He got bear hugged from behind. Exactly. Yeah. So you know exactly. Know exactly. What you're about. Lane Johnson grabbed wrapped his arms around him. Yep. And essentially just just held him there. His hands were. He essentially had his hands clasped in the front, mm-hmm. and Watts standing there with his hands in the air, going, "What am I supposed to do here? You're not. He's not letting me. You know. On the on the very next play, Lane uh, Johnson tackled him to the ground. Yep. Again, if you're not going to if you're not going to call those holding penalties on that stuff. Guys are going to get open when they're playing against man-to-man defense. And that's what the Steelers are using a lot of. You know, everybody thinks man-to-man defense is this panacea, that it's, it's going to be, well, all they need to do is play more man-to-man defense. And they have the guys to do that if they're getting the, the kind of pressure that they, you know, consistently. But if it, get, if it gets blocked up, somebody's going to get open. Or, as we saw in the case of the long touchdown run, um, you know, if, if you're playing man-to-man behind those blitzes and, you, and, the, and the guy breaks the line of scrimmage, he's going to have a lot of green between him and then before he gets to the next defender because they've all, they're all running down the field with their backs to the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the issue is that when you're, when you're playing that style of football, and, and this is also the bread and butter of the Steelers. Rush the passer, force the quarterback into tough situations, and – Get, and, 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 be, and be ready to create tight passing windows. But when you eliminate the rush to passer and not by what are traditionally legal means, it, 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 cheats, it cheats the Steelers out of their biggest strength. Because then, if I can, I mean, that's the thing. The Steelers, we talked about this all last week. The Eagles offensive line was in for a rough day with the Steelers. And, and in the first, first drive. And they had what, a rough day. And yeah, they, I mean, it, you know, right. five sacks, 11 quarterback hits. And, you know, outside of that one run by Miles Sanders, on his other 10 carries, he had six rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's a rough day at the office. Yep. Unfortunately for the Steelers, they did give up the two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. But, again, you gave up two touchdown passes. That's not the end of the world. Right. And, and, and again, like you said, you know, I, I think a huge thing was, is also that Miles Sanders run. Uh, so it was a 74, what was a 74-yard touchdown run, and they finished with 96 yards on the ground. Oh, by the way, there was a, there was a, maybe a little bit of holding down the field on that one too. Just a little bit, just a little bit, and and it, it, on multiple people. Um, but you know, but again, you look at you look at these instances, and it's just like my goodness. But you know, we look at the secondary too, and you know, yeah, there were times where a guy got beat here and there. But how many times, Dale, have we seen this Steelers secondary, even when it wasn't, it didn't have Hayden and Nelson and Fitzpatrick and the guys that it has now, even when it was in the days of. Uh, of Ross Cockrell or, or Cody Sensabaugh, have we seen them early in the season? Their their miscues are a little bit. They don't. Their passing off receivers aren't as tight. But then as the season goes on, it gets a little bit smoother. They start developing that chemistry. That's just something that that seems to happen a lot with this team, and it makes sense that it might happen this year again after they didn't have a full training camp in preseason to even build that chemistry with. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it is going to get better as the season goes on, and we'll see, uh, you know, this defense settle into some things. And by all means, Chris, I'm not saying that the Steelers aren't being aren't holding as well here. Right. Uh, their offensive line is holding guys as well. I just don't understand. I, I just boggles my mind how it's just not getting called. Uh, obvious stuff. Um, you know, uh, again, it, it's all part of the process. Uh, maybe that'll come back to the norm. The Steelers seem to think that it will. I've asked some different guys about that, and they seem to think that, uh, you know, I specifically asked T.J. Watt about it last week, and he said, look, uh, you know, it'll, they'll eventually start calling them. But, well, you can see the frustration, uh, you know, on, on his face and in his uh, actions when it doesn't. And if he can't get to the quarterback consistently uh, because he's being held, it, the, the secondary is going to be exposed at times. That's just reality. Uh, you're right. That, that That is the reality. And that's sort of what we're seeing, especially with how much the Steelers like to blitz. Um, but even so, like you said, they lead the league in, with 20 sacks right now. They're on pace for 80 sacks on the season. Um, that would be a record. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, but, but, but you're absolutely right. And if, if, if we see that, that change, it could really help the Steelers get, you know, be able to re- reassert the tones like, Hey, our defense has been here all year. It's just that we've been getting kind of, we have, we have, we, we've been having to deal with these disadvantages that normally wouldn't be allowed for offensive lines. Yeah. One, again, one offensive holding penalty against them this season. Um, you know, what would this defense do with the first and 20? Mm. Mm a good question and a first to 20 where you can't you know you can't buy your quarterback time by tackling the two of the best edge rushers in the nfl um certainly legitimate questions um and and something to remind people when they're looking at the defensive tape and wondering hey why isn't this happening or why isn't that happening there's a lot of mitigating circumstances but dale thanks as always for being on the show um appreciate you coming on we're gonna do a quick break here we do uh don't get me started also gotta just remind dale that he lost this week in picks uh so uh because he picked he picked the, the falcons i picked the panthers he picked the niners i picked the dolphins that means i'm back up two games in the picking i like we're that. even in weeks <laughs> <We're, Two-two. laughs> i love this the golf match play take is an Two-two. all-time move <laughs> but i appreciate hey man there's 17 weeks to a season somebody's gotta win right <laughs> Not if we tie like we did week one. <laughs> That's why we're going by games, sir. At games, and I'm up two. So, anyways, we're getting out of here. Well, uh, you know, you do try to cheat on that, too. So, <laughs> I, I, I did. I did. <laughs> but, all right, guys, we're going to cut to a break. When we come back, it's don't get me started. Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started with Zach Gelb going after Ben Roethlisberger because he dares stand up for his teammates. It's Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers podcast. It's, you know, it's my rant segment, and I realized the irony of a rant going after a rant 
But hey, I, I got to do it. Now, I didn't, this, ha this is kind of old. It's a few days old. It happened at the end of last week. I didn't have the time to address it because, you know, I was doing this show. We were doing Showtime, and I had to get ready to go to Boston College to see Pitt lose by an extra point in overtime. All that jazz. But I wanted to take the time to address this because now I've got time. So, all that being said, let's let's first start from the beginning. As we know, last week, the, you know, middle of the week, Wednesday, it comes out that the Titans have been illegally practicing and everyone, and you know, we addressed it on the show and how they should be punished and et cetera, et cetera. And there were talks about them being forced to forfeit the Bills game uh, because of the the problems that they've and the fact that they're still testing positive and they haven't contained the outbreak yet. Um, so, you know, we, we, we talked about all that, but, um, you know, but, but Ben, Ben Roethlisberger made some comments and they were legitimate and they, they seemed pretty reasonable. Um, so, and, and not to cut anything short, uh, I, I'm not even going to paraphrase here are his comments right here. Well, it's tough. Um, you know, especially for someone like myself who was just kind of starting to get back into the flow of things. Um, it's not easy, but you got to. You got to adjust. You got to adapt and do the best you can. Well, the league already tried to slow slow it down, so I guess I'm gonna start back over from scratch and hope this week. Um, you know, I didn't take take too far, too many steps backwards. So just try and see how it goes this week. I guess uh, I don't think they'll consider forfeiting our game, and of course we got the short end of the stick. Now it, it's fair to mention that he was asked if they got the short end of the stick. It wasn't that he just came up with that saying himself. Someone asked him if he did, if they did. And this came at a time when we all thought that it was a possibility that the Bills would get a, the, the benefit of a forfeited game by the Titans and a win to them when the Steelers had to move their bye week and would still have to play the Titans even though they were given the same uh, disadvantages that the uh, as the Bills were given. Um so you know Ben says those statements and they seem pretty reasonable, right? They don't they're not they're not egregious. He's not you know going over the top or calling people out. He's just kind of like yeah, we got the start of the stick, but he's also kind of like whatever you know we got to do what we got to do. That's what Mike Tomlin's been saying from the jump. You know it's the same for everybody. Um, but so that comment goes out there. And then here comes Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. Big Ben is gonna complain. Oh, I didn't get my bye week. I didn't get my bye week when it was supposed to be. So now my bye week happened in, in week four. Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Oh, stop it, Big Ben. Enough of him. You got people that actually have real-life issues this year. People losing jobs. People losing loved ones. People getting diagnosed with this virus and testing positive, And I have to hear Big Ben. Oh, we got the short end of the stick. Enough of Big Ben. Stop your bitching. Stop your complaining. I don't want to hear it from Big Ben Roethlisberger. Like, shut up. So that's Zach, right? You know, let's just let's just attack Ben Roethlisberger because I got nothing else better to do on my my four hour radio show on CBS Radio or whatever. I get it. You got to you got to attack somebody. So you 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 found a sound clip and you said, let me just rant about that. And again, the irony is that that's what I'm doing here. But I'm here to, to kind of counterbalance this attack on Ben Roethlisberger because we've seen for years Ben Roethlisberger be attacked for crazy things. You know, he was blamed for Antonio Brown leaving. He was, this was said, that was said. And I, I, I'm one, it's, it's funny, I'm always like in the middle of the Ben Roethlisberger disputes because I'm one of the people that says, hey, you know, Ben Roethlisberger should be criticized for poor decision making in the past. And, 
you know, but I'm also not, not one of ones that says, whoa, 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 he's not responsible for all of these different things, he's just responsible for this mistake here, and his mistake here, and his mistake here, um, and there's always the side that doesn't want to blame Ben for something, and there's always the side that wants to blame Ben for everything, and I'm just sitting there like, why can't, why can't we just bridge this gap, but this is another one of those, you know, national media attacks that you got nothing else better, better to do, so here you come with your, with your low-hanging fruit attempt, uh, your attempt to virtue signal. And it's funny that I'm using that term because I'm one who I've always understood and sympathized with people who are going through tough things. Like people who are going through coronavirus, I, I understand it. My father's a teacher. I've had to like teach him how to use a lot of different forms of technology he wasn't used to because he has to teach from home. I had to, and it was frustrating him, and he was like, I want to quit, and he, he, he was going through his things, I have friends who've lost family members over this, um, uh, my great aunt passed away, and I wasn't able to go see her before she did, um, so I mean, I, I firmly understand that, um, you know, the struggles that come with COVID-19 is that there are ser more serious problems out there, but Ben Roethlisberger wasn't doing the woe is me there. He was just saying, yeah, it stinks that this other team might get the forfeited win and we're going to be forced to play this team that still hasn't contained their outbreak. Because, again, that's what that, that's when that comment happened. It happened on Wednesday. It happened last Wednesday when, you know, we weren't sure what was happening. We also weren't sure when the Titans would stop testing positive. Because it, and, and, again, we were just reacting to the shock that this team was told to not practice and then they completely disregarded the NFL's orders. So that's where the response came from. And I just, I'm sitting here like Zach. What, what are you? What are you going for? You trying to make it seem like oh, like I'm I'm smarter than you. And so again, I get when someone's actually doing something that's that's making light of people's struggles in COVID nineteen. But Ben wasn't doing that here. He was just saying, yeah, it's short end of the stick. And here's the other aspect of it. He tries to make it like oh, like Ben. First of all, the, the the you know him trying to make it seem like Ben was crying over something is ridiculous. Second of all, when you go into yeah, the Steelers' buy is moved. And he tries to make it seem like, oh, that's nothing. You know, and, and in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's a, it's, a it's a small thing compared to all the other things that people have to go through with COVID-19. But to act like there, aren't, there, there might not be consequences because of this seems a little intentionally short-sighted. And when I say intentional, it means that it's a very simple matter of brain power that would take to just think, oh, wait. I did overlook this to stop yourself from making this horrible take and, you know, and, and saying something like this. Because if you think for five minutes, you, you realize that the Steelers, they practiced all that week leading into it like they were playing a game. A normal bye week, you rest, you ice up, you get your body back together. You say, okay, I'm going to, you know, we, 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 you know, football's an extremely physical game. You feel like you're at a car crash after every week. And you got to ice up, get yourself together, and get back into it. And that one bye week is the one bye week where you're able to bounce back, ice up a little bit more, take some days off, let your body recoup, and then get focused for the rest of the season. The Steelers not only didn't get that in the middle of the season because they had a week, week eight bye, and now it's been moved to week four, so now they have to play 13 straight regular season games, but they didn't even get that full week to actually do that. And when you don't get that, when your body can, does, doesn't get that break, and you're looking at you're looking at you know the struggle of playing week to week to week to week to week to week to week after you know, without that break. Now you're looking at maybe a higher percentage chance of getting in, of getting injured, and maybe serious injuries 
that might alter players' careers. Did you think about that, Zach? No, you didn't. You just felt like ranting about some, something stupid. You saw some low-hanging fruit on a radio on, on a on a post press con, a press conference interview, and you said, "Let me go attack this guy for no damn reason." Did you ever think about what happens if Ray Ray McLeod, who's a wide receiver that the Steelers picked up in training camp this year, and this is maybe his last chance because this is his third NFL team, and if he gets hurt because the Steelers' buy was moved and he didn't get the proper chance to recoup in the middle of the season, and then he's hurt and he's out for the season, and then. All of a sudden, then he and then he doesn't get another shot in the NFL, and that's the career that he spent his entire life working to get, all because some other team illegally practiced. You see how that might be the short end of the stick. You see how that might be a little unfair to some people. Ben Roethlisberger's fine. He's a hundred millionaire guy. He's got all the money that he could ever want for him and himself and his family. I get that. But what Ben was saying, he said, we got the short end of the stick. He didn't say, I got the short end of the stick. He said, we. He was talking about his teammates. And there's plenty of teammates on the Steelers roster, like Trey Edmonds, who, and like Ray McLeod, who one day they could be in the NFL right now. The next week they could be they could be gone. And an injury to a to a player who's not established like 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 a, like a high draft pick like Ben Roethlisberger, like Juju Smith-Schuster, like T.J. Watt, like some of their stars, a guy like that could get could get could suffer an injury and then never make it back. And we've seen that with with players throughout the history of the NFL. Just go look on practice squads everywhere. Go look on teams everywhere. You know, the injury to a guy could send him off the team, and then he never gets another shot to play again. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen that now that they move the bye week, but it's a higher percentage chance now. And again, it's a disadvantage to these players who did nothing wrong, who followed the protocols, who were who are homeschooling their children. Meanwhile, you've got a team that not only didn't follow the protocols in the first place, but then continued to uh, to to disregard the protocols and put other people at risk. So instead of attacking them, you take your time to turn on Ben Roethlisberger and say, it's you, you're the problem. Get the hell out of here. The dumbest take I've ever heard. And I've heard a lot of dumb takes. But to make it seem like Ben Roethlisberger was doing something wrong there. And again, I'm not downplaying the significance of COVID-19. It's impacted my family. It's impacted a lot of my friends' families. It's something that I that I that I that I consider very serious, and I keep a close watch on. I keep the PA COVID watch app on my phone because I want to see the, the the data. I want to you know make sure we're taking, playing it safe. You know, I got people that that are high risk in my family. You know, I that that I got to be careful about if I interact with them because I'm traveling. I'm going to Miami next weekend. I have to you know I have to quarantine myself after that because Miami's been a hot zone this year. So. I totally get that there's other concerns that are big, but Ben Roethlisberger wasn't downplaying that. And again, he was asked, do you feel like you got the short end of the stick? And he said, yeah, we, I feel like we got the short end of the stick. He didn't say, oh, I got the short end of the stick. He wasn't going after going after the whole situation. He just said, hey, yeah, this this, this stinks, but, you know, it's whatever. We've got to work with it. And Mike Tomlin said from the jump with the Steelers, he's like, it's it's you know it stinks, it's a rough situation, but, hey, everybody's got the rough situation. But not everybody has this rough situation. This is something different that the Steelers have to go through that no one else had to go through. They had their whole situation uprooted, and they didn't get the, They lost their chance to rest for an entire week before they headed into headed into their second week 
uh, like other every other team is going to get their bye week if there's not another COVID outbreak. That's what happened there. So stop making it seem like Ben Roethlisberger was was, was some selfish jerk because he dared say that his team got the short of the stick, which they did in this COVID-19 deal. Zach Gelb, you're better than that. Do better. And you got me started. But this is Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Appreciate what you what, what you guys do, do for the show. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Follow our work at DK, on DKPittsburghSports.com. Got a lot of great stuff on the Steelers, Pitt, Pirates, Penguins, Penn State, all that jazz. It's on the website. Go check us out. I'll be back in years tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the DK Steelers Podcast.